Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories, where the stories are short and sometimes sweet, just like the half servings of milky tea we call Cutting Chai back home in India. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and today I am very excited to bring you a special guest, Krupa Shandalia. Krupa is the Associate Professor of Sexuality, Women's and Gender Studies at Amherst College, and she is currently working on a co-translation of Miraji. He was a mid-20th century Urdu poet. And one of the poems from that work, that's called Non-Being, was just published in translation in the Paris Review. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Also, very importantly, Krupa is what we affectionately call a chadi buddy. The polite translation of that expression is someone you've known since you were a child, but chadi actually means underwear. So you get the drift. She's my buddy from the time we were in Chaddi's together. Krupa, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm so happy you're here. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, Jyoti. You're here to tell us a little bit about Miraji and about poetry in translation. Can you tell us who he was? I think most of our listeners will not be familiar with him. He began his career uh, as an editor of Adbi Dunyam and he was born in 1912, he died in 1949. So around the 1930s, he started getting really prominent as this literary editor. And one of his marks as an editor was translating poetry from English and French into Urdu. So when we began this process of translation, we were like, oh, so what is it going to be like to translate somebody who himself was not only a poet, but also a translator? So that's how our journey began. That's so cool. What, uh, which country did he live in? He um, he was born in Lahore and he died in Bombay. So this was pre-partition South Asia. So what did you like about his poetry other than, the, you know, other than his background? He wrote about sexuality and other things. Well, I mean, to, to tell you frankly, what I liked about his poetry is that I didn't understand it. Because I <laughs> really wanted to get to a poet who, who presented complexity and who presented difficulty in a different way than, say, a 19th century Ghazal poet like Ghalib would present. Because in Ghalib's work, there is a meaning. You just have to work really hard to get it. But in Miraji's work, the meaning is so open and open to interpretation and just open in so many different ways that there's no really fixed meaning. That's what I really liked about it. Well, I think that's the perfect segue into my next question, which is that can you read a snippet of his poem to us? Um, if you could in Urdu first and then the translation, your translation in English. Uh, sure. So the poem is called Adam Ka Khala. Hawa ke jhonke idhar jo aayin to in se kehna. यहाँ कोई ऐसी शय नहीं जिसे वो ले जाए साथ यहाँ कोई ऐसी शय नहीं जिसे कोई देखकर ये सोचे कि ये हमारे भी पास होती वट इज दंग्लिश इन इंग्लिश एक्चुअली सो द पोएम इज एक्चुअली दॉइड ऑफ नॉन बींग बट वी डिसाइडेड टू कीप द टाइटल नॉन बींग नॉन बींग शुड There's nothing here that they could take away with them. There is nothing here that someone could look at and think, if only this were ours too. Wow, that's so beautiful. Were there any words or phrases in that that you struggled with translating? I can imagine that, you know, you don't always have the mirror image uh, word in another language. 
translation is a real process you know takes a really long time and in fact we started translating this poem in 2017 and it's out in publication 20 in 2020 wow what why did it take so long so it wasn't just this poem we were translating our aim is to translate about 10% of miraji's work so that's about 85 poems so when we began this process we began by just trans- making a literal translation of the poem so word by word however as we were doing that we realized that this is not a poem it's just a word by word translation it's like google translation could spit it out so how do you then go about and make that into a poem right and that necessarily involves having to choose between keeping the exact word and then choosing the sense of a word mm-hmm. and so that so we tried to do that in the first sense in fact that it wasn't so hard but in other ones it was so much harder especially when the grammar gets more complex and then the ideas and images get more complex how do you represent that do you feel like translation is always a process where you lose something well inevitably there's no you lose something and you gain something what you gain is a new poem in fact it's not the same poem at all it's another poem in another language that's what's so fascinating about translation for me because i feel like you have to be true to the original text but you also have to produce a poem in translation so how did you do that i mean did you like for instance did you try to keep line breaks the same or did you you know does he use rhyme in the original and did you try to hold on to that somewhere how do you where's the defining line where you say okay this is miraji's poem and this is our poem yeah so in fact uh, just just to like speak very broadly there's a spectrum in translation on the one hand is very very literal and on the other end of the spectrum is a very loose translation which is what i would say aga shahid ali's translation of fez is like it's a translation and we i would place us somewhere in the middle of that say we want to maintain fidelity to the text but we also want to make it a poem and so we necessarily have to make very difficult choices which is why it took us 3 years was there anything particularly difficult about translating from urdu to english versus say i don't know hindi to bengali or like some other languages i think any poem um, presents a challenge in translation and the challenge is that you not only have to translate words you have to translate a world and by a world i mean a way of being a way of thinking an imaginative and lyrical idea into another language which doesn't always by one of the people who's doing the writing challenge with me her name is Raquel Kello and she's an artist who says she hadn't done any creative writing for decades before joining this challenge and i'm so pleased that she's come back to it and what she's inspired by is her artistic background so she writes stories based on paint colors so she has written about carmine and rose madder and naples yellow It's so fun and creative and inspiring. So my writing prompt to you is to write about a color that you feel strongly about. You can love it or hate it, but it has to evoke a strong emotion. What story does that color tell? As always, if you write a short story based on one of the prompts I share here, please do send it to me at cuttingchaistories@gmail.com. Getting your stories really makes my day, so please do share. I love hearing from you. And finally, if you like this show, if you find it useful, if you ever learn something from it, please read me a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find the show and it expands the community of writers, which is always an amazing thing. Thank you all for tuning in 
until we meet again next Thursday, what's the smallest detail you noticed today? The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from shook oil. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil. So if you notice over here, the way he uses G's and the way he uses O's to great effect, right? So the G's are pointing to something gathering, something building, and the O's are pointing to this expansion of that. So I really enjoy that about his poetry. Who do you like in terms of Urdu poetry or poetry in other languages? I would say that Ghalib is one of my favorites from the 19th century, and I know that's a boring answer, but he is one of my favorites. I like Fez. Anything else that you want to tell our listeners about poetry in translation? Yes, yes. Poetry one important thing I want to mention is that for me, translation has always been a process of collaboration. And I think that it's something to be learned that when you collaborate with somebody, you really enter into their idea of language and their idea of words, which is so important and so beautiful. Because by myself, I can only think of like five words or six words. And when I'm with somebody, they can think of five or six words. And then together, we can think of like 13, 15 words together, you know. And as we talk, more and more words come up and more and more ideas come up of what the poem should look like. Before we get to the prompt, I wanted to let you know that my July session of creative writing classes for children begins after the July 4th weekend. I'll be offering four weeks of classes on Zoom, one hour each. And the subject will be point of view or shifting your perspective for children from the ages of 7 to 14. You can find more information on my website, gumroad.com slash cutting chai stories. As you know, Kupa, I always end my episodes with a writing prompt. And I was hoping that you had one to share today with our listeners. I recommend that you write a poem that starts with I am. And just the first line of every verse should begin with I am and then put the poem aside for a week and then come back and rework whatever you did. Give it a new title and start again. Thank you so much for being on the show, Krupa. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. It was so much fun being here. And until we meet next time, write me some poetry.